I know it's been a minute. And this your girl, Samantha, and this is my podcast, Naturalized and Look. I know I be having an intro and stuff, but y'all, it's on my heart so heavy tonight. I got to give you a, a quick sermon, okay? I got to give you a quick sermon. So, tonight's episode and topic is called Borrow Time. And I'm only telling you because I want to tell you, it's part of my testimony. And when I heard Borrow Time the other day and what he was referencing to when he was talking about Borrow Time... I just had to sit and think and say, God, God, thank you for clarity. God, thank you for just being who you are and just reminding me of, um, you know, just who you are and the things you need us to understand, God. And I'm here to tell y'all tonight because it's so heavy on me that if I don't tell you, and I was just preaching this to my nephew earlier, and I'm going to tell y'all all of this. Some of y'all are on borrowed time. And I'm only telling y'all because it's sitting so heavy with me. And borrowed time was something that when I heard it, I was like, dang. Do you know how many times I was on borrowed time? And so I want to give y'all the summary of where I heard borrowed time from. I heard this prophet. He was prophesying over this guy's life. And basically, he was standing next to his sister. And um, the prophet said that he was going to talk to the sister. In, um, that basically talked to the sister, but telling her about, you know, what had occurred. because it, But he was standing right beside her. Anyway, he then tells her that her brother was supposed to die last year. And she busts out crying and she says, it's true. And the brother is just in all like shock because he's never seen this prophet. He don't know him from a can of pain. And he was just like, how do you know that? And he just kept saying he got shot. He got shot. And the man was like, the prophet was like, you don't got to tell me. I know. I know you got shot because I was there. And I want to tell y'all when he says he was there, he's telling you, you got to remember that God uses the people here on earth as a vessel, myself included. So, what I'm telling you is when the boy was looking at the prophet, he was seeing the prophet instead of seeing God. God cannot physically come down here and stand in front of you and tell you the things he saw. So what he's going to do is use his people here on earth, use them as a vessel to get the message to you. But he wants you to see him when you're looking at that person, because it's going to be that person because he's just being a vessel. But it's not the person that's saying it, even though it's coming out of his mouth. It's God telling him what to say. It's not like he's making this up. He's just using this guy as a vessel. So the boy's like, oh, my God, how do you know that? And the man had to remind him, I was there. But when he says he's there, it's God saying God was there. It wasn't the guy. You know, he's just telling you, telling the, man, the prophet what to say. And so the prophet just going on and on. And he tells him, he said, um, I want you to know that you are on borrowed time. And he said, the only reason you are alive is because of your sister's prayer. And y'all, I'm getting chills telling y'all right now. God, thank you. And he was like, ooh. Mm -mm -mm. He said, the only reason you are alive is because of your sister's prayers. And he said that he sees the boy in the hospital. And he sees his sister weeping her eyes out. And it looks as if she's in the realm of 
the mother because his mother is absent and all you hear him is saying like how do you know that i'm a, and it said because his mama passed away and it looks like his sister is weeping so hard in place of his mom is what the prophet is saying and he tells him y'all literally like my hairs are standing up on my legs right now he tells him the only reason you are alive is because god had pity on your sister your sister was weeping her eyes out and she was crying out to God for, for mercy on your soul, like for mercy. And because of your sister's prayers, because of your sister's faithfulness, her commitment to Christ, God placed pity on your sister and answered her prayers by giving you another chance. And he said, but I want you to know you are on borrowed time. And y'all, it was so crazy because the boy could not believe the things the prophet was saying. He was just like, oh my gosh. And when the man told him when he was on borrowed time, the way his face turned, I was like, oh my gosh. Like, borrowed time sits so heavy with me, y'all. So heavy with me. And that's why I'm giving it to you, literally. I just got out of the shower and I was like, this going to be a TikTok. Because I got a TikTok and I talk about, like, little, I do little short reels on, you know, like, the things that I'm learned and like my journey with Christ and stuff because I wanted a visual content. But I really wasn't interested in YouTube right now because I got a lot of stuff going on as far as like, you know, trying to get in purpose. That's a whole nother podcast talk because y'all, your girl finally graduated. But that's another podcast talk. But um, I was like, God, that, that's too like that's too much for a TikTok. Like, I ain't gonna be able to get that message in the TikTok because I got to talk talk. And he was like, yeah. And I was just telling like he was like, yeah, go do it on the podcast. And I'm like. I was just praying to God, like, God, I ain't done a podcast in a minute. And I know how bad I'm trying to make my podcast get off the ground. But I know how, like, grounded I've been in TikTok right now because it's so easy, so convenient. And it fit my schedule that I had going on right now. So I was just praying to God, like, God, I just want to be able to at least do one podcast talk a week. I can commit to one podcast talk because now I've graduated and I, I my, my schedule's not so tied up. So when I was sitting in the bathtub, I'm like, that's too long for a, a TikTok. That's too much. I got to talk about too much. And I was like, God, you do great things. Like, God going to always give you what you need when you need it. And this is a podcast talk. So that's why I come to talk to y'all about borrowed time. Because it sat so heavy with me. And today, so he was just telling the guy, he was like, um, you on borrowed time. And so he even goes to tell the guy, he asked the guy, how many times did you get shot? And he says, I even see you being shot. He said, he like makes the gunfire sound and everything. Like he's saying that, um, he sees the bullets going in him and he got shot in different areas. Remind you, it's not the prophet talking, this guy using the prophet as a vessel. So he asked the guy, he said, how many times did you got, did you get shot? And the boy was like, I got shot four times, but they shot at me. I think he said like eight times or something. And the man was like, no, the prophet was like, no, you got shot five times. And he was like. He got shot four times. And the prophet was like, no, you got shot five times. The fifth one didn't hit you. It grazed the right side of your body, which is why you got a scar on that side, that side of your, um, that side of your body. And the boy was like, oh my gosh, how did you know that? And he was like, I'm a prophet. I, that like, you know, like God is telling me like, because I was there and y'all, he couldn't understand. Like y'all, he was so shocked when the man told him. He knew he had got shot that he said the F word, y'all, in church. Like, he was like, and then the prophet was like, 
Yo, the man just threw an F-bomb because he is so in shock. Like, look at his face. And, y'all, you can see it all over his face because when God send a message for you, baby, you better pray you receive it and you better listen to what he's talking about because we forget that God see the beginning, the middle, and the end. And it don't matter what your current situation look like. He's preparing you for next. And I had to tell you that because Noah didn't have to see the flood before he told him to go build the ark. He told him to go build the ark because he was going to flood the earth. He had to flood the earth for Noah to understand why he had to build the ark. He was supposed to be obedient with the message that he was given so that he could be prepared for what came next. And I'm telling you that because sometimes God is going to use somebody and maybe God is using me right now, y'all, because I'm telling you it's on me so heavy right now. And I was ministering it to my nephew and I'm going to get there. And God going to use somebody to give you a word. And if you do not pay attention to the signs, which is what I teach y'all on this podcast, you will miss it. You will be unprepared for what is coming next. And it was because you missed out on the warning that God sent for you in a previous season of your life. Pay attention to the signs. If not, you will miss them. And so tonight is borrowed time. And so, y'all, I just got to thinking about it for myself. But I want to talk about my nephew's situation. Then I want to talk about why I sat so heavy with me. I was in my, I was taking my nephew somewhere today. And, um... He called me and he was like, can you take me such and such? And I was like, yeah, I'll come. I'm about to leave the house in five minutes. Cool. Anybody know me? Know my nephew. Like, my nephew. It's my oldest nephew. Y'all. My sister had him when she was young. And it literally was like me. Like, me and him. Like, he was. That's my baby. Like, he literally is like my little brother. Because I was like seven or eight at the time when my sister had him. And y'all, like, we was like thick as thieves. Literally, like, used to dress him up. All these things. And, um, that was just my little baby. We grew up together. And, um. So when he called me, I already know half of the time it's on some crazy stuff. Like, because he just going through that little preteen, not preteen, because he's 21. I think he's 21. He, yeah, he might be 21. I think he's 21. I can't remember. Anyway, um, he's in that little, you know, that bet- before 25 age. When y'all know, because, you know, we was living young, wild and free. And, you know, he just living in some of his best days where, you know, he got to get it out of his system. And so he called me. And, you know, like, I'm going to always show up for him because that's my dog. Like, if I can do it, I'm going to do it for him because that's 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 my nephew. And I would rather him, you know, feel like he got some help or whatever the case may be. Anyway, just giving you the bust down on our relationship. We literally like thick as thieves. Cool. So, um, he called me and he like, can you come and take me somewhere? So, I'm like, yeah, I'm about to leave the house in five minutes. I'm on. He like, call me when you're 10 minutes out. So, I, te- I call him and I'm like, um, I'm 10 minutes out. And he like, well, where you coming from? And I'm like, I'm coming from the house. And he like. Hey, well, his homeboy wanted um, to be picked up, but he was in Lillerton, and y'all don't know Lillerton if y'all you're not from around here. But anyway, it was a little way out of my way, and I was like, and he was like, but don't worry about it, just come pick me up. So I'm like, all right, cool. In my mind, I'm like, well, I could have went and got B. His name B. I was like, I really could have went and got B. And so, but I'm just like, whatever. Okay, I'm gonna go get my nephew. Went there, get my nephew. Soon as I pull in the ne- driveway. Ring the doorbell, my nephew coming out, and he on the phone with somebody. And I'm like, he like, Sam. And I'm like, already know it's a plot twist. Because every time I got something going on with you, it's always a twist. And he was like, I'm glad you know, because it is a plot twist. B was trying to see if you could come and pick him up. And I was like, what's crazy is on my way to go get my nephew, I was like, I'm going to just go get B. Like, when my nephew, if my nephew don't ain't in a rush, because he told me he was in a rush. So I was like, well, dang, if he wasn't in a rush, I really could go get B, because I really ain't, I ain't doing nothing. So... And then 
I know that's my nephew partner, and I know that's like they like they brothers, like you know. And when you going somewhere, and that's your road dog, and you know, you know how it is. I want my nephew to be with his folks, you know what I'm saying? So I want him to feel like you know he comfortable, whatever the case may be. So I'm like. In my head, I'm like, we really could go get B. That's why I'm thinking on my way there. But I'm like, whatever. He said he in a rush. We got to go. So he get there. I get there. And he's like, B wanted us to go pick him up. So I'm like, all right, let's go pick B up. B take a minute, y'all. We meet and B at the gas station somewhere, you know, across town. Anyway, B taking a minute. And I'm not even getting, like, frustrated because, you know, I'm doing something with my nephew. It's cool. My nephew is, y'all, very impatient and um. <laughs> He can be a little hothead sometimes. And so he get a little impatient. And I'm just like, it's cool. Like, you know, relax or whatever. It's cool. He coming. So, and it's nothing but God because when God wants you to do his work, he going to line everything up for for you to be able to do what he say do. And so, you know, we sitting there, we driving and stuff. And, you know, so I'm talking to them about why I don't smoke weed no more. Just telling them some stuff. And um, then we get, um... To the situation and i'm like i'm explaining to them on our way back i'm like um y'all people really be out here feeling like they could just do whatever like and i was talking to um a friend of my mom a friend of mine her mother yesterday and what sat with me was she was like um, she said, she said something to me that sat so heavy in my spirit. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I just felt like it was nothing but God, because that message that I got yesterday, God wanted me to give it to my nephew and his friend. And I'm like, so I'm telling him, I'm like, the lady told me yesterday, which again is my friend's mom. She said, um, imagine living in a world where you don't feel conviction from God. She was like, I would rather be out here making mistakes and knowing that God is putting the conviction on my spirit for me to know like, hey, I'm going to give you grace because I know you know better. But I want you to feel that that you're supposed to know better because you know better. And I need you to feel that what you just did was not right so that the next time it come around, you got to know I can't do that again. Because when I did it last time, God put the spirit of conviction on me. And she said, imagine, I would rather be living in that moment than to be out here in the world living so reckless that you don't feel conviction from God when you know you're doing wrong. And I was like, "Woo! now that's a word. That's a word. And I only said because y'all, I used to be out here living wild sometimes. And so I'm telling my nephew this and I said, I'm telling him so heavy. I'm like. There is a, a a word in the Bible that they talk about it where you just you just wilding out, you just doing whatever, you just you like you just you don't need to be doing this. And I couldn't remember and I kept just kept telling him, I'm like, it start with the S. It start with the S. And I y'all, I could not get it. And I'm telling my nephew, but I later found out that it I, when I got home, I was like, God, what is that word? And it's savage. You and I told my nephew, I said, Imagine living out here so reckless. Like, it's so many young people. And I only said because I was once those young people, and I'm about to get to that part. But imagine living out in this world, in this culturism world, which perceives what is perceiving to be the right way when it's really not. Okay? The Bible says that many are called, but few are chosen. Culture has some of us snatched by the scalp. Okay? 
And it got some people out here literally living so reckless that when you're doing wrong and you know you're doing wrong, you so numb and so distant from God that you don't even feel the power of conviction when you know you're doing wrong. Uh, I Listen, I was just praying when I got saved, God, I want to be so close to you that if you whisper... I hear you, God. Like, if you whisper, I hear you. Imagine being such a savage out here in this world that you do not even feel the conviction of God when you know you're doing wrong and you're not supposed to be doing that. Y'all call it numb. It's called a savage. You are a savage. Y'all, I'm telling you. You do not want to be living like that where you become so distant from God that you don't even feel the sense of like, oh, that's God popping my hand telling me, uh-uh, uh-uh, you're doing too much. No, 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 back over here, back over here. No, no. And let me tell you why. Because the Bible says do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Do not be feeling like because somebody out here doing it that you can do it too. You'd be like, oh, you know, well, she do it. Um, and she says she living, you know, for God. Why I can't do it? Y'all got to remember it's levels to this. Everybody ain't really on fire for Christ like they say. And everybody... Is not going where God is taking you to be. Stop allowing other people to cause you to miss out on the calling that you have on your life. You allow yourself to believe that because they're doing it, you can do it too. No. I'm telling you, you do not want to do that. And I told my nephew, I said, some of y'all are on borrowed time. And I had to break it down and I said, and I got to thinking about it and I said, God is sitting so heavy with me because literally, y'all, I, I, it was two years ago. I got into a really bad car accident. I was coming home. God, thank you. I was coming home from an exercising class. I used to take a cycle class like an hour and some change away from my house. And um, when I was committed so hard to losing weight. Which y'all y'all know I lost the weight, but I'm just saying like I was in this time. And anyway, I went that it wasn't a regular day. I had just canceled my gym membership at the place because I ended up buying a Peloton for my birthday. And um my birthday was in a few days. And after I, I was meeting some of my friends there for a trap music night on Friday night. And afterwards, my homeboy was like, You wanna go go get some food? So I was like, Yeah, let's go to Moe's. We went to Moe's and we went back to his house and we ate and shit. <laughs> y'all, y'all know I'm still working on my cousin. We still, we ate and stuff. And then we was um talking and then I was about to get ready to go. And I found out one of my old friends, mama had passed away from cancer. And I was like, wow, I never even knew she was dealing with cancer. And um, before I left, me and my homeboy had a, he was just like, I just told him, I was like, you know, like, I just want to say I love you in case, you know, like, something ever happened. You know, we just, like, we love each other and stuff. And so, he was, he really like my brother. So, we just, like, we love each other. And then he's like, all right, cool. Call me when you get home. So, all right, cool. Y'all, I'm driving. And um, I tell my kid's dad at the time, because we were still living together during this time, I'm on the way home. And I'm driving his car. And he's like, um, stop and get me something to drink on your way home. So, I'm like, all right, cool. 
Y'all, so I get off the exit, which is taking me now to our house. And um, I remember seeing this gas station and I'm like, I ain't stopping there because it look a little shysty. And it's me. I'm a black female. It's midnight. It's literally like 11.59. And I'm like, nah, God, I ain't going to stop there. So I'm like, I'll stop as I get closer. I'm going to another gas station. So I'm driving, going mad slow because I'm going through city limits. And it's like 20 miles per hour. So I'm going and I'm driving. And I passed Taco Bell, which I didn't realize was open until I passed it. And I was like, dang, if I'd have known that, I should have just went there. Because I could have got him something without me having to get out the car. Which is what I was trying to avoid because, you know, it's late and stuff. So, anyway, um, I'm like, dang, I'll just stop at another gas station. So, going down a little further, about to go through the light. And at the time, his windows is tinted, mad dark. And um, I see something kind of like divert a little bit to the left. But... I thought like maybe it was a dog or something, but I realized, you know, I was like, it ain't running across in front of me. It's just running like on the side street to the, to the, to the left of me. So y'all, I'm going through the light. All of a sudden I'm like, what is that? Y'all, it's a car coming through the car window. I thought it was a dog. It was a car. And why I didn't see the, it was a car because she had her headlights off. Anyway, long story short, I ended up getting hit by a drunk driver. She fled the scene. And it was so wild, y'all. So wild. So, so wild. And it was so crazy because the car ended up getting total. But what's crazy is the most is the police said if you'd have came through. Because, y'all, the car was towed. And I wish I could include a visual right here. But... You know, I can't. So, anyway, I want you to know that she was driving a Suburban. And I was driving one of the newer model Chargers. And she had no headlights on. And Shorty was going probably 45 and I probably was going like 20. Because I think it was like she was going 45 or 50. I can't remember. But, anyway, I know it was going like 20. And um, the police, I remember the police saying, y'all, but like, I just, it just was crazy. Because if you saw the car... It is crazy how how I live. Literally, we hit so like we hit three or four times. The police said, and um, I mean the roof was dented. Y'all, she ended up running to an apartment complex, which was like a studio apartment. Um, but y'all, the front of the, it looks like the front of the car got hit so bad it looked like I got hit head on, y'all. Like literally, could just see the frame where the engine is sitting at. Like whatever that is, I think that's the frame. But anyway. I remember the police saying, if you'd have came through the light two seconds quicker than you did, you would have died on the impact. Because he said, what's crazy is we ain't never seen the roof of a car dented like this in a car that has never flipped. This car did not flip, so that roof should not be dented like that. And I just, y'all, it didn't, you know, so when I heard borrow time, and I'm telling you, the hairs on my legs is standing up. And God, I thank you. When I was in that car, I didn't even think about it. But what's crazy is, y'all, listen, Easter was that Sunday. And I ended up getting saved that Sunday. And, you know, so when I got saved this first time, you know, after I had moved or whatever, I ended up, like, getting a little sidetracked and ended up, you know, sliding back into my old ways or whatever like that. So last July is when I got saved. And I'm happy to say that, y'all, literally in a month. In a month, because today is June 19th. I got saved July 18th. 
in a month, I have been saved for an entire year, literally living on fire for Christ. Literally not having taken no breaks, like a year of consistency with Christ. It just feels so amazing. But back to the story, I had got saved that Sunday and it was Easter. And I remember crying my eyes out because all I could think was, God, somebody, a police could have been knocking on my door at noon, at midnight, telling four children that their mother died in a car accident coming home from a cycle class. And God, I thank you for everything. I just thank you for mercy and just grace, uh, y'all. And the thing, so when I'm telling my nephew this, and I'm like, what resonated with me was borrowed time, y'all. Two seconds before I got in that car accident, if I came through the light two seconds sooner, she'd have killed me on the impact. She'd have killed me on the impact. And all I could think of is borrowed time. I don't know. And I just want to say, and I just know that when I know what I know is my grandma, she always, you just used to say she was always praying for me, always praying for me, always praying for me. And I'm here to let you know, because the way that man prophesied over that boy, telling him that God had pity on your soul. Because of your sister's prayers. God had pity on my soul because of somebody else's prayers. I literally could have come through that light two seconds sooner than when I was supposed to. If I wouldn't have slowed down trying to observe that that, that gas station, that two seconds would have came, y'all. That two seconds would have came. And because of borrowed time. God spare my life. Borrow time. And I'm just so, I'm just giving it to y'all because I want you to know some of y'all are on borrowed time. And if you don't get right with God, it's going to run out. Because it's only borrowed for such a duration. And it's either you're going to get right or you're going to get cut off. And some of y'all are on borrowed time and you need to get right. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be none of that. You literally can choose today as is doing whatever. If you gay, if you lie bad, if you broken, if you trap, if you steal, if you a scammer, if you anything should, you can literally come to Christ right now. Right now as is and God will literally Put your name in the Lamb's Book of Life and boom, at least you know you're going to heaven. And then from there forward, you have a dual relationship with God, meaning you're going to put in some work with him and he's going to put in the rest of the work with you. And it's going to be the, the way he's going to create you and mold you and show you who you truly are is going to be ways you could have never imagined. But some of y'all are on borrowed time. And some of y'all better get right with God because when y'all know when it's going to expire, and the only reason I'm telling you is because I was on borrowed time and it didn't resonate with me until she, until I heard that prophet say that. And it sat with me so heavy. And I say that because I got saved last July on July 18th and the Holy Spirit. And if you don't, I want to say this too. It'd be so hard for people sometimes to believe these things that God 
does in your life. And that's the mystery of having a relationship with God. Some things you're not going to be able to explain to everybody. Some things everybody not going to be able to understand. And some, some things, you know, it's just going to feel like, girl, you might be making that up. But when you don't have a relationship with God, it's hard for you to understand the things. Not saying even if you have a relationship, what if you have a relationship with God, you're going to know how God works so crazy in your own life. That if somebody who is saying God is doing things in their life and they presented it to you, you're going to say, girl, that just sounds like my God. Because my life has just been transformed and the things he's been doing for me and in me and through me. Is wow, so I believe everything you're saying. So some people are gonna miss the message, okay? Some of y'all not gonna get it. Some of y'all gonna miss it, and some of y'all gonna need to rewind this twice. But when I got saved last July, July 18th, like it was about two weeks later. It was sometime before August, because my grandma's birthday is in August, early August, and um, the Holy Spirit said, and that was the first time I really heard a warning before what I was about to go through. And um I the Holy Spirit said, "I need you to spend time with your grandma because she's not going to be able to be here. She's not going to be here next year for her birthday." And I'm like, "Huh? Like what?" That don't make sense because my grandma's perfectly healthy. There's nothing wrong with her. All she says is her knees hurt. That's all she says. And um but listen, when you know where God found you at and you know how you just trying to just trust God and just build that relationship with him and just stand on what he said, because baby, his thoughts is not your thoughts. His, his, his words are not your word and his ways are not your ways or none of that. So when God give you something, baby, you better stand on it. So I said, you know what? I'm going to spend time with my grandma. I had already been spending time with my grandma because I was so depressed that year. And I remember in January, I'm like. God, if I'm going to be depressed, at least I'm going to be spending time with my grandma. And we had started doing this. We developed this routine where we was eating on Sundays. We literally was spending time together all, all like every other Sunday. And um, that summer, y'all, literally like I ended up getting saved after my dad's 50th birthday. And I, we went to my daddy's 50th. Y'all, we lived our best life that summer. Literally from, ju from, the, from June all the way to about September. And so... The Holy Spirit was like, I need you to spend time with your grandma because she's not going to be here to see her next birthday. So I'm like, huh, that's crazy. So anyway, I called my dad. I didn't tell my dad what the Holy Spirit told me. And, um, you know, and I say that because when I first got saved, you know, it was like, for one, it was kind of a little wild to be hearing from God when you never heard from God like that. Or you was, you was hearing from God, but you never was paying attention that it was God. So I'm like, dang, like, dang, that's crazy. Like, how I'm going to tell somebody this? They might not believe me, you know. So, I'm just like, I'm going to just keep that to myself. So, anyway, I call my dad. And I'm like, Dad, we need to celebrate Grandma. Like, while we can't, let's take her out to eat for her birthday. Like, let's do it real nice. We were supposed to go to Ruth Chris. But Ruth Chris was a little ways away. And my grandma knees is bad. And we didn't know if she was going to be able to be comfortable in the car for that long duration. So, we said, let's go to Bonefish Grill. So, me, my brother, my sister, and my daddy, all of us, we ended up getting dressed up and all this. And we took my grandma out. And, um... Y'all, I just, it sits with me so crazy because we, my grandma, we celebrated her and stuff. And I'm in this season now where I'm saved and God is taking me through these um, trials and tribulations. And he gave me the, the word on, she's not going to be able to see her. She's not going to be here for her next birthday. So I'm like, okay, you know, okay, well, I'm going to just celebrate her because I really don't know what you're talking about because she cool. She good. I, I mean, ain't nothing wrong with her. 
And y'all, I'm literally going through school and all this. And in November, my grandma gets diagnosed with stage four esophageal cancer. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that was what he was talking about. He said she wasn't going to be able to live to see her next birthday. And that's why. And I'm only telling you because God will send a warning for you before you go through a storm. Because he wants you to know that the storm I'm about to take you through, it's going to seem like you cannot get through it. It's going to be hard. It's going to be trying. It might make you like like literally want to give up. But I'm here to let you know that I'm going to take you through this storm, but I'm with you. I'm literally going to be right here while you're going through what you're going through. And I want to tell you before you go through the storm that yes, your grandma is going to pass away. But I love you enough to prepare, to prepare you because I know how much she means to you. And I need you to trust me in this season, even when it looks bad. And I was just like, that was what God was talking about. And y'all... She ended up passing away in February. And I was just like, and so when I heard borrow time, I just was like, God, when I was in the bathroom, the bathtub sitting there taking a bath, I was like, I gotta get him the word because borrow time. And I was telling my 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 nephew. And then I just started thinking about it in the tub, and I was like, borrow time sits so heavy with me because I was depressed last year, literally from January to June. And if you know how cancer worked, then my grandma was diagnosed. I was depressed from January to June, got saved in July, got the word that my grandma was going to pass away, but didn't know when. She got diagnosed in November. And I want to say borrowed time because I was on borrowed time. I was on borrowed time. God sent a warning to say, you need to get right with me because the one praying for you is literally about to exit this world. And you going through and you making it because you are on borrowed time because of her grace. And I'm about to take her because she's going home to be with God myself. And um, I need you to know, baby, if you don't get it together... I don't know what to tell you because you are on borrowed time. So it's either you're going to get it together or you're going to get cut off. And it resonated so heavy with me tonight because I said, God loved me so much. And my time was so borrowed and my grandma was so faithful and so such a great servant for God that God saw fit to literally come chase after me in July when he knew she was going to be diagnosed with cancer in November. And I tell people that all the time because if if you know how cancer works, if she got diagnosed in November, my grandma had clearly been living with cancer for a little minute now. It was literally stage four in November. So she had had it. But God loved me so much. And that borrowed time was such a, gr a good grace to my life that God did not reveal that she had cancer in from January to June when she was living with it. In the most like depressant state that I had ever been before in my life. Literally in a season of 
I didn't even know y'all if I was coming or going. I, I'm telling you, it was so bad. And I said, and I say all the time, God, thank you for not taking my grandma in a season where I was not saved because I would not have known how to process what it was I was dealing with. And I would and I know me. I'd have grieved the rest of my life. I'd have let that grief take me to places that God had never intended on me going. But when you don't know how to process certain things and you don't have the perception of being transformed by the renewing of your mind in Christ, you view things as if it's punishment. I'd have felt like I was being punished by my grandma being taken from me when in the Bible it says everybody's got to die. We all have got to die. And I would have felt like God was punishing me. Because he took my grandma and he needed me to not do that because I have a calling on my life that he does not want me to miss out on. And a calling on my life that my grandma knew and he don't want me to miss out on. So he loved me so much that he spared me on borrowed time by allowing her to not get diagnosed in one of the most depressing times of my life because he did not want me to grieve the rest of my life. So from January to June, I didn't even, we didn't even know she had cancer. And in November, she got diagnosed with cancer. And all I can think of was, God, I was on borrowed time. If I wouldn't have got it together and got it right, because I had just gotten it together when, you know, I got in that car accident and I got saved. I literally was like on fire for like Christ for like three months, but not really on fire, kind of lukewarm. And the Bible says you either cold or hot, you ain't lukewarm. I'm telling y'all that too. You are not lukewarm. There is either, you're either cold or you're hot. And um, I was a little lukewarm back then, but God knew I was going to get it right this time. And my grandma's grace and her prayers and her everything just allowed me to be on such borrowed time long enough to get it right. Because he knew the one that was praying for me, the one that was extending extending the grace for me through her prayers was fitting to be gone. And um, it was either you was going to get it right, sure, or you was going to get cut off. And I'm only telling you because I did not sit with that until tonight. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Borrowed time sits so heavy with me because I was on borrowed time. I literally was supposed to be taken out so many times, but literally on borrowed time. And I want you to know some of y'all are on borrowed time. And I want you to get it right because I don't want you to get it cut off. And I'm only giving you the message because, listen, it resonated with me so bad that I had to let you know. And it was so crazy because I just had to tell my nephew today, stop living this life as if the world owe you something. The world don't owe you nothing. Nothing. And you got to stand on everything you've ever done and ever said on judgment day in front of God. And a lot of people be forgetting that God not going to ask you why you and Sally did this and why you and Sally did that. He's going to say, uh-uh. I know you saying you and Sally did it, but I'm not asking you and Sally. I'm asking you. Because when it comes time for Sally, I ain't going to ask her for you. I'm going to ask Sally for Sally. You got to stand on everything you've ever said, everything you've ever done, 
And when you in Christ, when you in Christ in his image, listen, I now move like I got the fruit of the spirit and I move like God because I move like Jesus because Jesus is our brother. Okay. Jesus is our brother and God made him the same way he made us. So if you think Jesus got it hard, if you thought God was going to give it to you easy, you's crazy because why we give it to Jesus easy, hard and give it to you easy. Jesus literally sacrificed his life and you want it easy and you out here just wilding out. No. And I say that because when you got the fruit of the spirit and you got all these things and you know you're trying to be more like Christ. You doing it moving moving different than you did when you weren't in Christ. Because when you get in Christ, you still got to stand on every single thing you've ever done or ever said when you was not in Christ. It don't go away because you got saved. That's why when you get saved and you got the trans, you got the renewing of your mind, you move differently because you now know better. And when you know better, you do better. And you now moving differently because when you know how much you got to stand on from when you won't in Christ, y'all know how much I got to stand on. How many things I said, how many things I did, how much you got to stand on when, when you know how much you got to stand on when you was not in Christ, baby, you're not about to be moving different when you in Christ. You're going to be moving different when you in Christ because you're not going to be doing the same thing you did when you was not in Christ because you already got enough to stand on. You already got enough that God going to be displeased with you that you got to sit there and be accounted for. That you're going to say, God, I don't want to move them ways no more. Because when you go to ask me on June 19th, 2022, why you did what you did, the way you did what you did. You're going to say, um, at this time you were saved. You was in my image. You were supposed to be more like Christ. Why did you do that? Because that's not how I would have. Jesus wouldn't have responded that way. Jesus wouldn't have responded that way. I wouldn't have responded that way. And I'm telling you, that's why when you in Christ, you not better than nobody else who not in Christ. You just doing things better than you were when you won't in Christ because you know how hard you got to stand on everything you was doing when you was not in Christ. That you don't want your pattern to be the same way while you are in Christ baby no the price went up the value went up the expectations went up the things you're supposed to be doing went up I now have broadened your horizons you don't go back doing the same stuff you did when you was in that sick environment no I need you to be better because I need you to understand I need you to go back and get them people who was in that sick environment and tell them that if I did it for your life I can do it for them. You don't go back and act like you're better than anybody. And that's why I don't. And that's why I'm so thankful for that. Because, honey, that's what's wrong with a lot of people in the church. And I'm not saying all churches is like that. You have to find a church that fits you and, you know, and helps you grow. And um, I say that because a lot of people feel like when they become Christians or they get saved, they are better than somebody else who is not saved. You're not. The Bible says he loves everybody equally. Everybody get loved the same. It don't matter if you gay. It don't matter if you if you broken. It don't matter if you are addict. It don't matter if you a trap a trapper. It don't matter if you successful. It don't matter. Everybody is loved the same. 
And that's why the Bible says you ought to love your neighbor the way, same way you love yourself. Everybody is loved the same. But when you are a Christian, the church sometimes make you feel less than because they feel like they're better than you. But that's not Christ. When you are you're renewing and your horizons have been expanded and you now know why everything makes sense, you're supposed to go back to that same environment you used to be in. Them same sick people who used to you used to consume because the Bible says we are set free by our testimonies. So if you not in that atmosphere no more, you are now able to tell them, listen, this is a test. It's a test and you got to pass the test so you can be set free and tell your testimony. The testimony comes after you pass the test. You go back and you say, hey, remember I was doing all these things and I was doing all this too. God changed my life. He could do it for you too. Come on. Like. Don't get stuck in the patterns of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let's go. Come on. We got to go. We cannot be consumed to these worldly things. Let's go. But it's a lot of people out here who make people who are not saved feel less than because they are saved. And it should not be like that. And I'm thankful that I'm not like one of those people. I'm literally going back to the same sick environment I was in and telling them, let's go. It's time to go. We've done that. But when you know better, you do better. And that's how it's supposed to be when you are in Christ. When you are in Christ, you do not go back to the same patterns and the same things you did You did when you weren't in Christ. And it's okay to have weak moments because we're not perfect, perfect. And God's not, God don't care if you have stuff. God don't want stuff to have you. So it's okay if you have a weak moment. And I talked this on my TikTok. It's okay to have a weak moment, but the devil wants you to use that weak moment and turn it into a wickedness. And the moment you start saying, oh, well, it was just that one time. I, for me, it was like weed one time when God had told me to stop smoking weed and I ain't stopped smoking weed. I was like, oh, it's just one time. One time then turned into two days, two days turned into two weeks, two weeks turned into two months. And boom, your pattern is now the same as it was before you were, before you were saved. So now that weak moment that you had, which was okay, because you know, God allows us to have weak moments. You now comfortable. And now you plan because now you you, you back in that same pattern and you want the same kind of grace. But now you in my image. I can't give you that same grace. Like you need to come on because you doing the same things you was doing when you want in Christ. And now it's a pattern and now you're doing wicked stuff. And now when you doing wicked stuff, people looking up to you like, oh, she a Christian. She got to say she this and this, she that. You now teaching these people what you comfortable doing. And the same way you steering you wrong, you steering them wrong. So I need you to change this because you cannot go back to the same patterns that you was comfortable doing when you were not in Christ. It's okay to have a weak moment, but the devil will allow you to feel condemnation from you having that weak moment when God wants you to feel conviction. Condemnation is the devil and man always saying, well, girl, I don't know why you think you're better than um, us because, you know, you used to smoke weed. You used to, you know, have sex and do all of this. But now you're saying you don't do it no more. They want to remind you of what, what you once was so that you can stay in that place. That's condemnation. But God is saying, I understand you had a weak moment. But I need to lay the power of conviction on you because you know that that's a boundary. You know you're not supposed to be having sex. You know you're not supposed to be smoking weed. I need to put that boundary up and I need you to feel that conviction because in the Bible it's called missing the mark. You've missed the mark. And... I got to put the power of conviction on you so that you can feel the wrath of knowing it's not right. Because 
The people who don't know it's not right and don't hear from God and don't feel the power of conviction, baby, you's a savage. And imagine being a savage and so distant from God that you don't feel the power of conviction when you know you're doing something you're not supposed to be doing. So God wants you to feel that conviction and he wants you to say, hey, I know I made a mistake. That was a weak moment. I'm going to learn from that weak moment and, you know, move forward and not and not keep repeating this same pattern. Because if I keep repeating the same pattern because of the, the way Satan wants me to feel this condemnation, he wants me to feel like this all you're going to ever be. You keep making the same mistake. You keep going back to that same thing because that's all you're going to ever do. You keep missing the mark. That's all you're going to ever do. You might as well keep doing it. You keep doing it and now it's a pattern and that weak moment turned into a wickedness. It's wicked now. And now that's you. You making that same pattern. You stuck in that same cycle. Doing that same mess you was doing before you came to Christ. I'm here to let you know you come with all that stuff. God will literally shed you of everything he don't want you to be in. And when he shed you from it, you got to have the power and the willpower and the knowledge to know that God has set me free from this. Set me free from this. He has allowed me to overcome it. So when the devil try to remind you, girl, you know you used to smoke weed. You can still smoke it. You can hit once. You can, you can, you can do that. I tell people now, I don't smoke weed. And it's because I know some of my friends still smoke weed. And those are still my friends. And sometimes I have to remove myself from that environment because when you in that sick environment, sometimes if you're not strong enough, you'll go back. And I had that moment before. I done went back before. And that's why I'm giving y'all this testimony and this sermon. Because my weak moment back then when the Holy Spirit told me to stop smoking weed turned into wickedness. But now I have the willpower and the desire is gone. Because I know what it was doing for my life that I can be in that environment now. Not saying that I, want, I put myself in that environment. I'm just saying if I'm around it, I have the willpower to say, uh-uh, I don't smoke no more. I don't do it no more. And you got to allow God to change your desires. You got to allow him to do the work. And I'm telling you, I'm only telling you from experience. Because when you know God brought you through it, you don't want to go back. <laughs> you can't go back to the thing he set free, you free from. Because he's going to say, I gave you the power to overcome that because we done did that. We just did that work for three months. We just did that. And that test came up and you failed it because you went back and you did that. You did. You handled it wrong. And so that's why I'm telling you. I want you to know that you come to Christ as is. And God will literally mold you and strip you from things that no longer serve the person he has designed you to become. Become. You literally are going to evolve into the best version of you. But you got to let God do the work. You got to get out of your comfort zone and you got to let go of the things that God has told you that cannot go with you in the next season of your life. And a lot of us cannot go ahead because we won't let go of the things God wants us to let go of so that we can get to the next place he's called us to be. We be like, oh no, we're going to take that. We're going to take that man with us too. God said he can't go. So what you're going to do is self-sabotage. You're going to keep being in the season of your life. That's going to keep coming back around, keep coming back around, keep coming back around until you learn the lesson. Because you don't just get to opt out. You don't get to do that. God is going to keep giving you that same lesson. with the same, It's going to be the same lesson in a different man with finer looks, more money, 
all this, but in the end, it's not going to work because you got to get to the bottom root, the lesson that he's trying to get you to learn through the test he's putting you in so that you can get to the next season of your life. But if you keep, if you keep missing the test and you keep missing the lesson and allowing yourself to stay in it and the results is not working, try something else. Actually figure out what it is that God wants you to learn so you can get out of that season of your life and get on to where you're going. But some of y'all are going to keep self-sabotaging because you feel like, oh, well, God, I'm going to take this with me in the next season of my life. God said it can't go. So it's either it can't go when you stay or you let it go when you come on. Some of y'all going to keep self-sabotaging you, allowing yourself to never get ahead because you can't let go of the things that bring you comfort. But I'm here to tell you that the Bible says God does not have plans to harm you, but to prosper you. He's telling you to let it go because he sees the beginning. He sees the middle and he sees the end. And if you don't let it, if you don't let it go, he knows where it's going to take you for one. But for two, he wants you to let it go because he knows what he got for you on the other side. He's waiting on you. The thing he has for you is already here. It's waiting on you. But some of y'all going to be self-sabotaging because you got to put this in your pocket to take with you to the next season. It can't go, baby. So are you going to go or are you going to stay in this season of your life with the things that still can't go? It don't matter if it's two years from now or 20 years from now. It ain't going to go. It can't work that way. But y'all going to keep self-sabotaging. And I'm telling you, come to Christ because some of y'all are on borrowed time. Some of y'all been getting prayed for and some of y'all been getting extended grace because of somebody else's faithfulness to God. And I'm telling you because it was me at one point. I was literally out here wilding out. I was a savage at one point. A savage, not even feeling the conviction of God. Savage, wilding out. And because of God's grace, because of somebody else's faithfulness to God, in spite of what I was doing, God found pity on that person to extend my time and have me on borrowed time. I'm here to tell y'all, some of y'all are on borrowed time and you either going to get it together or you going to get cut off. That is the message. That is all I have for you tonight. I want you to resonate with it and I want you to sit with it and I want you to apply it to your life because I want you to come to Christ. Okay. You don't know when your expiration date is. You don't know when God is going to call you home. And I'm only telling you because some people, are, and I was this person before I got saved. We really feel comfortable going to bed at night, closing our eyes, not knowing that God, if God is going to take us in our sleep. And we feel comfortable going to bed, not saved. And I gave my nephew the, um, a, great, a great example today. I hear a lot of people saying, and he wasn't one of them, but I hear a lot of people saying, that boy is gay and he's supposed to be saved. I told my nephew and him today, I said, you know, I've heard some people say he's gay and he's supposed to be saved. And I was one of those people before when I wasn't saved. And I said today, it resonated with me so well because at least he's gay and saved. Imagine being straight and not saved and going to hell. Imagine condemning somebody for being gay and saved, but you straight and going to hell. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, 
You better get right with God. Because some people's expiration date is sooner than others, okay? And I don't want it to be you. I want you to be on your own time because you have put in your own work with God. And God values you and you value and fear God enough to know that God, I'm not deserving of nothing you've given me. But because you love me so much. Because you love me so much, you have extended grace, mercy, and love to me for me to be able to flourish in ways that I'm not even deserving of. Some of y'all are on borrowed time. And I'm giving you the message because it was given to me. And I love you. And I don't want it to be you. So before we go, I'm going to say a prayer with you. Because in the Bible it says, as long as you confess with your mouth that, the, that God is your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You will be saved. So I'm here to say, if you are not saved and you want to get saved, baby, it's a simple prayer. All you got to do is say, God, I just ask right now that you just come into my life. You be my Lord and Savior. That you just transform my heart, God, and you forgive me all my sins and you just take me as he is. Mold me into who you've created me to be. Show me the way, the truth, and the light. And God, I just ask that you just take me and allow me to become the best version of me in you. In your image, God. Allow me to live for you. God, forgive me of everything I've ever done in my past. I am allowing you and I am asking that you come into my heart and you transform my life. And it don't even got to be a fancy prayer. Amen. All I'm saying is some of y'all better pray that prayer. It ain't got to be my prayer. I'm just giving you an example of how you can ask God into your heart. Because another thing is it ain't no way to pray right. I talk to God some days like, God, what's up? Like, look, shorty come down and rain on me because baby... I need you, okay? Because um, we got a lot of things we need to talk about. God know your heart and God hear your prayers. However you want to pray is up to you. But I'm telling you, some of y'all need to ask God to be your Lord and your Savior and all of that. And ask him into your life. Because, baby, some of y'all are on borrowed time. That is it. That is all. And that is the message. Do not allow your time to expire before you get it right with God. I love you, and this is Samantha, and this is my podcast, Naturalized.